Hello and welcome to Tribe Radio. There's a cat biting me right now. Hold on one second. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> hello, Rock. Hello, Zero. <laughs> How you doing? Um, we have uh, an awesome guest who has way cooler names than any of us today. Uh, his name is Tiger Todd. And Rock actually knows, uh, has been in contact with Tiger for quite some Yes, that is his real name, by the way, so stop asking. Um, <laughs> Rock has been in contact with this guy for quite some time, and I'm I'm hearing some really cool stuff, so I'm going to leave it to you, Rock. Um, Yeah, actually, Tiger's school, uh, he's the founder of Hero School, and when I saw that name, I instantly intrigued, and I thought, let me check out what this Hero School is about, and just from what I've read from on the website and from Facebook and just the comments that people are leaving, um, there should be something like this everywhere, but rather than build it up too much, I'm going to introduce you to the founder, whose birthday was yesterday, was it, Tiger? Uh, Friday night, yeah, Friday. Friday night, so, and and uh, he's got, like, a birthday party going on right after the show, so we won't keep him too long, but without me flapping any further, I'm going to give it to you, Tiger. Welcome. I just, I actually want to thank you, because I know it's, that's really cool that you would put aside time for us to, to talk to us, so thank you again. Right. Oh no, it's uh, it's my my pleasure. Thanks so much. Um, I wanted to ask you. Well, you know, if so, because people are asking me, Hero School. What's Hero School? So, uh, you know what? That's why you're here. I'm going to let you tell them what Hero School is all about. So, someone asks what Hero School is, and many times the first question people ask is, "Does Hero stand for something?" And um, before I guess I can give a history of how that happened, let's just talk about a hero for a moment. Um, you know, heroes are those people who risk their lives to help others, and you know, gives a, um, a good basis for defining what villains are. And um, you know, whereas a hero would risk their life to help somebody else, a villain might risk somebody else's life to help themselves. And now you have two primary categories with wh- with which to see the world. Now. Before I knew any of this, I just watched a lot of movies. You guys have obviously, you know, give me a, give me a hero film you've seen recently. Any of you? Um, uh, we, <laughs> I don't know. All right, now I'm going to help you. Now, now I'm going to help you with this. In every hero story, the character must change. So obviously, you saw Happy Gilmore, right? Right. Yeah. right. Happy Gilmore changed from loser hockey player into what? Into a winner, uh, a winner golfer, yeah. <laughs> exactly, champion golfer, right? He became the guy who right. could get grandma's house back, got a better girlfriend, got the you know green jacket or gold jacket or whatever it was. Um, you know, obviously you can, and so so really, hero stories to me are stories of change. And I'd watched all these movies, but um, in my volunteer work, I'd gotten a bunch of homeless people to change their lives, and I said, oh, this is what happened. And I couldn't find anything in psychology or sociology or education that actually named what had happened uh, except for these hero films. So that's uh, that's kind of the genesis. Um, so now what do you think? Huh. You know what? Pretty wrong question, I have to say. I think... Um, I think I can definitely relate to the whole change thing. I mean, that's really kind of what the entire initiative is about, is about changing for the better. So. Right. Yeah, I, what if, I mean, I, here, here's, here's uh, everything was an accident to me. I was, um, I was the small business owner, so really all I, I think I knew was how to be independent. And um, I walked into a park following the money I was donating in 1995, and in this park was the charity that was – said they were helping the homeless, and they were, but their way of helping was feeding something like 1,854 homeless people that were lined up for this big chuck wagon, if you can imagine this, in an inner-city park. And uh, so I walked out there, and I'm trying to figure out how feeding homeless people is going to help them change and help them, you know, be homeowners and help them take care of their families and help them do these other things. So I walked up and down the line and just tried to, you know, start some sort of small talk, and I kept hearing the four, the same four things happen, you know, occur in their conversations over and over again. And uh, kind of like, you know, habits or behavioral traits. And I'm thinking, my God, no no one could be an employee in my stores if they had these four characteristics. So, um, so the next week, um, I went out to the park and gave the 
charity a bunch of money again. And I said, let's do this again. And we got out to the park and the homeless lined up, except during that week I built this massive sound system. And um, it went out at least a mile into the neighborhood. And uh, as they all lined up, I announced to them that they weren't going to get fed until they sat down and listened to me for an hour. Uh, I'd read it. I'd read it over 300 chairs and made the rest sit on the grass. And I said, you know, in the real world, you know, they they don't feed us first. They don't pay us first. And if you want to be like me and you want to, you know, be independent, you know, there's going to be a class. Well, you can imagine how maybe uncomfortable they were. And um, (laughs) but I know. So all I did is I taught the four opposite habits that I just assumed at that time were um, were causal to homelessness. You know, I, I figured they weren't out there to get food. They were tired of getting hand-me-down clothes. They were tired of being, you know, exposure to the elements for six to 23 years. Right. And um, and I don't know, my personality type um, just, you know, decided to, you know, take over the park. That's what I did. Um, if I may tell a little side story to this, I was um, I was hired to speak for a, a group of superintendents and police captains. And I um and I don't know if you if you watch enough movies, you know, they put character conflict, they put conflict in the movies to drive this change, this transformation each character undergoes. Anyway, so I started, you know, throwing that in my speeches. Maybe that's why I'm not the best speech giver. But um, so I, uh, early on, I said, you know what? I didn't know much. I was a math physics major and a former opera singer that went out to teach homeless people how not to be homeless. And so I just assumed that, you know, homeless people were homeless because they learned how to be. Boy, the room got quiet. You know, all the shuffling and uncomfortable people clearing their throats. And two guys, two superintendents actually got up and walked out. And I had wow. to laugh. I said, you're, I said well, you're, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't know much then. Because if you believe that homeless people become homeless because they learn how to be, then you'd have to believe that you know engineers become engineers because they learn how to be. Police officers become police officers because they learn how to be. And teachers become teachers because they learned how to be. Then the room got really quiet. And everyone there, half of them with PhDs and the other half with, you know, huge service at that point realized a, a, a fundamental truth that I think they'd forgotten and that humans become what they learn. But we're the only species that has the ability to change. I mean, you can sit a, a horse in a chair for, for four years and teach it engineering and engineering and engineering, but it won't have the same capacity to, to change into an engineer as a human being would. Like and so we, we forget. Yeah, that would be fun, kind of fun. Engineering huh? <laughs> uh, for the rest of you. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so all I did is come with a very. I mean, I went the very simple route, which is just, hey, if you became this, right? Became an entrepreneur. I'm sure you learned how to be, right? If you became a plumber, I'm sure you learned how to be. Now let's backtrack and figure out who were your teachers. What kind of exercises did you practice over and over again? And if those things didn't get you, if you didn't want to become a plumber, you want to become an accountant, well, then let's help you stop keep reinforcing plumbing things and teach you how to do accounting things. And so I did. So I held a class and taught the four opposite behaviors. And sure enough, gosh, in about 20, 30 minutes, I was shocked to watch that they were, you know, light bulbs went off, like the, what I call now their ignition moment. And um, I did it for the next three and a half years and got 9,200 homeless people to change. You know, I hear that number, and it just blows me away. It really does, which is why I'm wondering, why don't they just bring this to every single city? That's yeah, a, I, 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 that's <laughs> Go ahead. I got I to gotta agree. I mean, when, when, they, when the NY first started, it was, uh, it was me, it was Zimmer, it was Lucid, and Seth. And we all used to sit around and go, okay, so we want to do handouts, we want to do outreach, but what we really want to do is... I don't know. We want to find a way to provide cell phones for people so they can get jobs, you know, like some kind of cell phones so that they can communicate with the homeless, can communicate with the with jobs and, and get these jobs or some way to, you know, get showers or, you know, anything like that. And it was just something that we always kind of kind of mothballed for another time because we just didn't, we didn't have the momentum. We didn't have the, uh, the backing. And now we're kind of getting into an area, into a time in our progression of the initiative, which we see that we might finally have some kind of idea. So I would love to somehow work with you guys on that because, you know, we that's kind of our bread and butter, you know. Yeah, well, now you can see it's a, it's an ecosystem. But, you know, I, and, and again, I'll have to tell you, I mean, I didn't know any, I didn't know at all what I was doing when I started. I just did. I just, you know, whatever voices in my head, whatever, 
you know, my little practical, you know, I when you're when you're an entrepreneur who starts his own business while in college, you know, while, you know, we're waiting tables while doing these other things, you don't usually ask people for permission. So, you know, I, I don't ask, I just lead. And so I just jumped out there to do it. Then it was this this educational process to figure out, oh, what happened? You know, because initially after, you know, the homeless, I just didn't, when you expect to turn on the mixer, turn on the power, you know, get the, you know, everything that, that happens if it's through, you know, IP or whatever to your radio show, I mean, you just expect that to work, don't you? Right. Right. When you, when you, when you get your keys out and you open your car, you, you don't have to understand how an internal combustion engine works. You just have to understand that you turn the key and if there's fuel and if there's spark, you're going to get something. Right? Right. You don't have to understand all this process, but you have faith that it's just going to happen. So I didn't have faith that it wouldn't work because I had no prior education. And I think mm-hmm. what happens is the people who've been in charge for so long without maybe the right technique or the right basis or maybe everything they learned they just learned in college and they really didn't understand humans, but they understood, you know, a curriculum instead. You know, today we're, you know, we have a world full of programs, and we also have a world that as you keep measuring the school districts, now you, not even half the college kids are graduating. You know, so, so, so maybe we've lost sight of some very simple, basic things. And so, again, yeah. I was very simple and basic. And um, I just, again, the four things, the four habits to create an independent person, I, I realized could only come from someone who had learned them through independence. And the other thing is could only be imparted, you know, taught, from someone who was independent, someone who would practice them. You know, and, and, you, and you can't pay someone who's dependent on a government grant or dependent on that job. You can't pay someone to impart independence and expect to, you know, to convert them any more, any more than you could pay a plumber at a college or university to create engineers. The only person who is made up of the stuff, who has the character to create engineers, is someone who's already mastered it. True. So... Of course, I didn't know any of that then. I um, I just I thought I knew. I thought I knew. I'm serious. I, the last day, there were 13 homeless people out there on two tables playing dominoes. The last guy who just refused to change and refused to get up, and they said, "Hey, man, could you tell this? Could you have the city build us a bathroom here?" You know, and, I, and I'm thinking, "Oh." Anyway, but uh, you know, so but I thought wow. I knew to do it. Hey, I was just the I was just the stereo store guy, you know. And then um, and then I found out that I guess other people either couldn't do it or didn't want to do it. And then a few years later, the population popped up by 10,000 again, and that's when I got angry. That's when I realized, oh, not only, you know, you know, are, is no one else doing this, but um, someone, something's producing homeless people. Yeah. Right. And, right. Um, and I think, and this might be part of where your passion is, when you find that the same four habits that cause most American homelessness are also in nearly every public school classroom, when the kids are already exhibit, you know, begging instead of learning. Um, They blame instead of take responsibility. They learn only from each other or the peer group. I mean, just like employees will, you know, go out on a Saturday night and badmouth you, the boss. And and then when you try to teach them something, like, you know, the teenage boys say, no, no, be careful, do this, that, and the other. And they say, no, 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 I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. And then they're they're unteachable. Those four habits, I mean, hey, they create a homeless person. Bill Gates did those. He'd be homeless too. We're talking about a, a system where it's just character first because we're humans. And, I, and again, somewhere in maybe higher education, people forgot what it really meant to be human. And, you know, the movies teach us it's because a character can, can change. Happy Gilmore can change. Harry Potter can change. Luke Skywalker can change from farm boy into Jedi. And so, um, so I just help these homeless people, you know, write their new movie, you know, Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. There's a lot of, I mean, with, with the whole, like, uh, very low-level, uh, you know, human-to-human kind of thing, because I, I think much the same way. I think there's a lot of jargon in the world. There's a lot of, like, big words and, like, fancy systems and ideas. But it all comes back down to, you know, is, is this working between one human and another? Is this person, you know, exercising good, really simple living habits? It's it's not complicated. It's really not. It doesn't, you know, take these, it doesn't take this, this level of education to figure this stuff out, you know? Uh, or, or all of the education that people are producing every year would have figured it out by now. Yeah, uh, you would think. I mean, <laughs> he does. I, I, yeah, I have, I have to agree. I, I have to agree. If, if these people are this smart, why haven't they figured anything out? You know, and they're yeah. figuring little stuff out here and there, but the big things, the things that are causing all the problems, are just being kind of glossed over for other things. You know, like, 
just kind of like throwing money at, at, at dumb stuff and not thinking about, you know, hey, let's change our society. You know, let's change our habits. And I think you got it nailed. Yeah. Well, and uh, just imagine you doing your radio show, but starting 17 years ago, and the guy you hired to get you on the air still hasn't gotten you on the air in 17 years. Ooh. Maybe some of these people should have been replaced. <laughs> you know, wow. Um, you, you see, so that's that, that's the the real challenge is it's like it's it's okay to fail in these areas where human lives are at stake. When it's not okay to fail, when it's technology, when it's yeah. you know when it's uh, when it's Walmart. And um, and that's the part I think that that maybe hurts people like us the most. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, so, in that moment, <laughs> sorry. Go ahead. Well, now I'm I'm seeing this whole begging. The you know the first one is is the begging, right? Instead of yeah. Instead of learning. And uh, wow. So do you oh, think that yeah. we're so in, feeling so entitled? You know, lately kids. I see a lot of kids feeling very entitled to things. And instead of going out and doing it for themselves, they feel like, seriously, they can grow up and have this stuff just handed to them just from asking um, the right people often enough. Uh, yeah, so, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I fully agree. I, 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 The book that I started writing in the 90s when someone says, oh, you should write a book on how you did it. And I said, well, okay. And then I figured, well, anyone can do this. And then I let it, let it slide. Well, uh, recently, with the um, the advice of some other people, we were calling it the Book of Why, or maybe the Book of Why, is just because they're. I also want to know why. I mean, why? What's causing the you know the production of of homelessness? What's reinforcing the habits? You know, why? Why when I'm I'm doing a um, a workshop for teachers that are getting paid to be the leadership team in their school, do they not know the first rule of leadership? You know, I want to know why. And so some of these whys, you know, when I walked into my first school and some, some of our volunteers said, um, by the way, I'm the oldest volunteer in the organization, um, 37 <laughs> homeless people later, I'm still the, the volunteer, except I, I'm a mullet then now. It's a right here. But, uh, but anyway, I, was, um, I walked into this classroom and heard these kids with the same four habits. And I said, well, something's teaching them. And then I think it was because of, you know, when you, when you, you, you get uh, this, this, glimpse of the thought and then somebody you know says something within the next half hour and the principal within that next half hour bragged about the fact that they weren't just 100% free or reduced lunch but they were also 100% free or reduced breakfast and I said oh my god that's it mm-hmm. we're um, you know and I, I, and I had to become a bible scholar because all but five of the first 10,000 homeless people I worked with were Christians and no one ever published wow. that you know what are, what are the odds I mean, what are the odds? They publish all these other, you know, things, and they don't think that uh, every one of them, you know. Um, and so, so I had to become a, a Bible scholar to communicate. And, um, oh, my God. And so, she, you know, and here's this thing in the book of Proverbs I read that says, train up a child in the way he should go, go, and when he's old, he'll not depart. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, now we're training children that if they're hungry, the school will feed you. If, they're, if you need a backpack, we'll send that home to your parents if they're not going to be capable of taking care of you. And we continue to... Yeah, one of my one of my favorite phrases is you know because of these, these these kids that say oh I want this I want that like you said about him being entitled but I said you know what I can't go to the gym for you and make you any stronger sure. you have to you have to do your own exercises and you have to do them repeatedly you have to do them over and over again but if you do you'll build strength but more than that you'll change you know you'll transform your body you'll transform your confidence you'll, you'll transform how you're viewed and how you feel when you go into a job interview. And we keep taking away through our maybe sympathetic hearts, maybe the the intention was was good, but we keep taking away kids and then later adults' ability to become what they can be, uh, maybe through sympathy. So the entitlement, I believe, begins with um, you know with government programs that are meant to help, but if if they're not delivered in the right way, you know, which is what I found the first week in the park. I mean, the charity was feeding people first. You know, the next charity came in there and they handed out clothes first. So every week the people show up and wait for somebody to bring them clothes and bring them food. And, you know, that's why they were homeless for six to 23 years. Yeah. Well, that's a debate. So now on the Spin positive on, side. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rethink our handouts now. <laughs> yeah, but there's and a cure. So well, uh, we've, we've done some stuff with handouts in the past and, I have. I didn't ever want to get too heavy-handed about it, but I always made sure that before we said, you know, we started handing out stuff, we sat there and talked with people and kind of asked them, you know, 
what have you been up to? Like, you know, do you have family around here? Stuff like that. Like, we'd hand out little bits of stuff at a time. We couldn't hand it all out at first, but we definitely talked to people. Uh, Shortcut, our old member, uh, had a good idea about um, reconnecting people with, with uh, maybe family or, or helping to repair bridges with family that they might have burned bridges with and see if we could get them uh, some resources through old family members. Um, but again, it's, it's something that we, we just kind of said, okay, we have time to get some stuff together and give to people, and that's about all we have time for. So, uh, Yeah, no, no, but at, at least you, I mean, you knew that. You you knew that going in. I'll tell you, let me give you some quick strategies. I, so let, I, let's I suppose. Have, I have, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to, I'm just going to say I've been homeless. I've been there. Um, a few of the people on the NY, on the NY have been homeless, including I think Spider's been homeless. And SAF has been homeless, so we we understand that that um, part of being homeless is about the fact that you probably burned all your bridges, otherwise you would have a place to go. So first of all, it's it's dealing with people and seeing if they're if if they can let go of their pride enough. And obviously, you don't assume that right away. You kind of ask questions and you know see where their head is and see if they're even in a mental place and uh, that that has enough clarity to, to talk with you about it. Either way, it's, it's we, like I said, made, we made a focus on you know finding out who the person was first rather than just blind handouts. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, and and I and and and, and so that you know, remember, I just saw I see homeless as a category, in a category just like accountant, just like plumber. Yep. It's a series of practicing behaviors, and once I kind of got hooked on it and then saw that someone was teaching people these dependency habits, I mean, gosh, I mean, there are some days when it feels great to, you know, to know that you've been victimized, and, you know, and you get to talk about it. But unfortunately, we have to remember what we really want. And I think, you know, you know, Dan Pink wrote that in his book, Drive. He talks about that, you know, our, our core internal motivation is, you know, is to be autonomous, is to be able to, to chart our own course, to, to, you know, declare our own destiny and, 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 and take that, that trip for ourselves. I mean, Joseph Campbell wrote about that in 1949 and the cure with a thousand faces. And, and so we want to ultimately be free, and you're never free if you're dependent on someone else's stuff. And so, you know, I, I don't think there's anyone that argues with that. But again, lots of people have lived in the, you know, the voices in their parents' head told them to do this, or maybe, maybe their instinct says, oh, you know, I, I'm gonna, we're gonna start a band. And so the kids, to, you know, thought thought they were gonna put this band together, but then the parent says, oh no, you won't. You're gonna, you know, be an accountant like me. And so what do they do? Is they they start off doing what dad wants them to do instead of doing what their heart tells them to do, so they don't become you too. They end up becoming homeless because they, you know, they don't haven't got their heart in, you know, in somebody else's idea in their head. Which, by the way, is Emerson, right? He says, "Why should the way I feel depend on the thoughts in someone else's head?" And and, and so we we have a we have a, a America is, is is such a country of so many what Nietzsche would call late cultures and broken lights. And we have all these fractions of philosophies and, and principles to guide us, and no one's taken the time to do the work to figure to, to master any one of them. And so we go out trying a fraction of one for, you know, ten feet, and then we say, well, this one might not be working, so let's try this one. And we've tried a lot of things, and no one really has an anchor for their soul to know which which steps worked. Yeah. And so, you know, what we ended up doing with Hero School was just finding out that there was a core formula that didn't just work in movies to help the character get there against impossible obstacles, impossible odds, and, you know, achieving an impossible goal. But we found it was the same journey for, you know, a seven-foot-one loser named Shaquille O'Neal to eventually get rings and become a champion. And people, you know, in, in, in unfortunately the nonprofit and college worlds would have him working on his free throws. Well, look, you're never going to get the dude to get free throw percentages above 50%. But there's a master, there's an expert like a Phil Jackson when he became coach of the Lakers who knew exactly what to do with Shaq and turn him into a champion, help him get rings. And so someone knows, and we just need to find that formula that works for sports, the same one that works for education, the same one that works for religion. And and so that way, someone who came from Christianity doesn't, you know, can use the same formula for someone who came from Islam and someone who came just purely from education. That they know that, you know, the, the camel caravan guy had to change to write the book, the Quran. We had that Abram had to change into Abraham. That Simon Bar Jonah had to change into Peter, the Rock, 
in order to write his books. So the so this story of transformation has to be a universal human truth, and it has to be based on freedom, not the control to dog ear. If you guys were ever in a shelter, you know, they try to tag you like, you know, animals on the National Geographic Channel, you know, to track you purely so they can get government money, not so you can be free to live a life you're living. Yeah. You you so talked you, about um I'm sorry, Rock, go ahead. Oh, it's okay. I was I was gonna say you talked about I'm I'm wanting to hear these cures. Um, you know, because it's true all of this is making me feel like we're chasing our own tails without knowing what direction to go in. But it sounds like you've got through what you've been doing, I don't know anybody else who's helped ninety two, you know, hundred people get out of homelessness. So I'm really wanting to hear what these Solutions are to the to the four you know characteristics that you see in people who become homeless. Yeah. Okay. Well, great. Well, I'll tell you. The first one was begging, and that's just simply again, you can't ever be free if you're dependent on someone else in that cat in that level of life. I mean, we all start off dependent, but if right. their habit was was begging. I'm just saying you don't look at wealthy people. You don't look at Steve Wynn here on the strip in Las Vegas. You never see him going up and down the Las Vegas strip asking for money. <laughs> yeah. See, okay. So, so there's there's the dichotomy. So, who are you going to listen to? The homeless person and ask them, "What do you need? How would they know what they need? They're not Steve Wynn." Uh-huh. So you have to ask the person. See, and that's the thing. We have this this desire to now have focus groups, and and, and we got kids group think that they warned us about in college, and yet we do it. We ask people who have no clue about themselves. When, in fact, the best thing that you do, you've done this, you've got, every one of you has done this with somebody, where you have pressed a button, and what was evoked, not what was, you know, pre-recorded like some slogan in their mind, but what was evoked from that human being was exactly what they needed. It wasn't conscious, it was subconscious, it was much deeper. So, so all I did was push a few buttons, and then what was evoked were these four habits. And so, again, the first one was was begging. And, of course, many times it was tied to their Christianity. I mean, they, you know, it was common that they would come up and say, I was born again in 1975, so it was 1984, can I have $5? And so all I did, the antidote to number one was I made them sit down in the chair, and I made them earn everything I gave them. And so I said, okay, look, you're asking for my stuff, but that doesn't translate if you want my muscles. You can't just go to all those Schwarzenegger and say, give me your muscles. You know, you have to, you have to <laughs> go through the same process. So instead, let's do this. Let's do this. Why don't you go to the person with the muscles, whether they're financial muscles or whether they're physical muscles, and why don't you ask them, what must I do to have muscles like you? Instead of going to the engineer and saying, give me your money, <laughs> can I have your money? Go to the engineer and say, what must I do to become an engineer like you? See, why don't you focus on the human transformation change instead of more stuff on the outside? And I'll tell you, when I later, when that, that population in Las Vegas is homeless uh, changed, went, went up by another 10,000, I then approached that now with all the new government funding. Now there were 81 agencies in Las Vegas that were dealing with homeless. And, um, I mean, it's, you know, I guess they followed the money, I guess. But um, sure enough, um, two let me, let me help them. And so we, I, you know, I earn the money and then fund my own charity. But I earn, earn the money. We produced a, a hero school at uh, Catholic Charities. We did it for eight years and helped an additional seventeen thousand homeless men become self-reliant and um, oh and become my IT guy and become my my farmer's insurance agent and be, you know, the contractor became, you know, you know, cha- transformed into something else too. And not one wow. of them wanted to be in that classroom. Not one of them wanted to be there. And that's perfect because in the movies they they put in conflict. And in the outside world, whether it's church or whether it's a, a Tony Robbins, you know, seminar, everyone tries to get agreement, right? You know, they, they taught you that in communications in college. They taught you that you, you get three yeses, right? If you want to sell something, get three yeses. And in church, they say, they, try, they say things to try to get people to agree and say, amen. Well, I did it the movie way because I want these guys to be, I want these lives to be turned around in an hour or two, just like a movie. So I went ahead and caused conflict. So I pushed buttons because I don't have 20, 30 years to help this one guy. Right. I got a room full of 50, and I'm trying to get all of them to get what they need. And every one of them is going to need something different. But the core thing that we teach is the same for whomever it is, whether it's a room full of accountants or a room full of homeless people. But anyway, see, so we, we, you know, we press these buttons, and then we get them to think about um, – they get, get them to consider their own ways. And then just like a movie, you get that middle – you know, transition stage where they start to say, wow, he knows more about that than I do. Like when I asked about money, 
Every one of them wants more money. And yet the average amount of money that my homeless men during that eight years camp charities had was $700,000. That's what our surveys compiled. So our homeless people had gone through $700,000. And so if they're asking us for money, it seems like they probably should first ask for what must I do with money if I got some. Yeah. Right. Wow. Are, you, are you following, right? And, and I, would agree. I would just like, I'd liken it to Katrina, right? You, it, a lot of these people lost their homes in Katrina. If they followed what everyone said to do, they would have had insurance. Insurance pays them the money, and they're just as foolish to go straight to Home Depot with that check instead of first going to a developer or going to an architect and first choosing a home site that's not below sea level. And then secondly, right, because Katrina is not the last storm to hit the Gulf Coast. And if we know this, that the last storm that caused somebody else to lose their job or lose their livelihood or lose something, it's not going to be the last storm. We can't stop storms. But we can do is we can learn how to be storm-proof. We can build houses that withstand what comes. And as we saw on the CNN helicopter, you know, shots during Katrina, there's some people who didn't lose but two shingles, and they were the ones where, you know, 30 families were holed up in. You know, so so I just try to help people be those people. I don't want you to be laid off during the recession. As long as there's a company in business, I want you to be the employee that's indispensable, that's too important to let go. So, so okay. habit number one. Habit number one. You know, they they were they were begging. I just turned it around and say, hey, what must I do, right, to have my own stuff? And then habit number two was blaming. And it was odd to me again when I found out that they were all but five out of the first ten thousand were Christians. I said, isn't your role model this Jesus dude? And, uh, and <laughs> didn't he didn't he not only sin, but didn't he take the blame for stuff he didn't do? Now that's the kind of see and and so now you oh and so now they'll you know they realize you can't be a Christian and blame. You can't. You can't. Can't be Christ like and blame. So so the the shame factor, we realize that shame is an outstanding motivator. I hate when shame is a condemner. I hate when someone's already paid the price with three felonies for stuff he or she did. And I, I hate the fact that then we'll still judge them. I figured about if this is the if this is the payment, you'd make them pay the price, then they're done. Let right. them be free. Don't, don't keep condemning, which is why they figure, hey, it's hopeless. I might as well just go back and do the same thing again. But let me tell you, shame as a motivator is what a, what a good school teacher does when she looks at Johnny, who's you know, giving 20% effort and saying, come on, you can do better than that. Right? That's, shame as a, that's shame as a motivator. That'll move the kid to up, up his game and be what he can be. And so we find out that shame is a terrific motivator. In the, in the schools, the teachers are definitely afraid of it, and, uh, and hence they're then ruled by it. Um, and we call it peer pressure. But, you know, I do this in schools all the time. We get 500 kids in a gym and, you know, and here are the guys abusing women. And I had, you know, now we have you know, human traffic. We see what this, how, how this works out when these guys become adults. And we see gangs that, you know, brutalize women and we see human trafficking. And we forget that these are those same kids that win those junior highs. And so I'll go to those guys and I'll say, look, you know, let me get this straight. You say you like girls, but you hang out with guys. That's <laughs> weird. And, uh, and all I do is let them shame themselves instead of using girls as property, is let them shame themselves. I said, hey, if you like guys, hang out with guys. But if you like girls, doesn't it make sense? To, instead of telling them how it is with you, you should go up to them and ask them what interests them, to learn from them about them. Yep. Oh, I love it. Do you see? And, and so, so the, the, the shame, you look at what, that's a 30 seconds in a gym upstream to solve a problem that, you know, the, the Hilton Foundation has $50 million to spend on and still hasn't solved since 1991. And I think it's because they forgot who the founder, they forgot what, you know, what Conrad Hilton did. You know, they forgot that, you know, they were that our, our early founding Americans were, were men and women of action. You know, they didn't ask questions. They didn't go to a board. They said, hey, I have this gut instinct. We have practical wisdom because we earned it. And, and I think that's what so many schools and shelters and charities, if they truly care about the individual at the, at the end of their, of their charity, I think that they're going to have to start bringing in some of these people with, you know, some common sense and some transformational logic and not then let them go through, you know, run them through some process. You know, it's, it's harder to become a, 
it's harder to get a, a entrepreneur mentor into a public school, the one guy who knows how to help, you know, 500 kids become independent. And, and, and they're only going to let them talk to one. But it's harder to get that guy or that man or woman in a school than it is to get guns and drugs. And Absolutely. That's just, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. So. Uh, so, shall I get through the rest of the habits, or would you guys like to continue your own radio show? I'm so sorry. No, no, no. no. Yeah, we are. That's why I'm we're I'm here. Actually, All right. I'm, I, okay. You, so, you know, so, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not talking, then I'm listening and I'm wrapped because right now I'm not saying a word. I'm just like I'm soaking in some knowledge because uh, exactly. We need to, exactly. We I'm, I'm sitting here to, too, going, wow. Yeah, <laughs> right, a huge so part habit, of what we do. Habit uh, three. Habit three, learning horizontally. You see this, if you're the teacher of a third grade class, it's the three guys who sit on your back back row, the corner of your classroom, that when the teacher or the expert speaks, they look at each other and talk. And I just found out during that next eight years at Catholic Charities with the um, bunch of homeless men, usually 50 a night, um, I found out that these are like 45-year-old third graders. But the last time they listened and learned from the teacher instead of other kids was like third grade. So part of my intervention is to get them to look for mentors, experts. And the best way to do it is not by assigning them some in the real world. It's first motivating them with a fictional character. Hence hero schools, you know, use of literature and movies and, and mythology. Because, again, if you were... If you were to try to steer them toward a hero like Tiger Woods, and then a month later the texting, you know, sexting scandal, then the next thing you do is you give them an opportunity not to listen anymore. It's like when I was in junior high, and my my PE coach, the, the first day, he said, "Tiger, if you want to be a champion, you have to run faster and work out harder." And I, you know, that, while that's true, and even though I didn't really know that in seventh grade, all I knew that Coach Coons, my PE coach, was 420 pounds. And no one wants fat bastard or job of the hut telling them to run fast and work harder. Yep. <laughs> oh, get in my belly, right? We don't want that, right? <laughs> and so, and yet, if I don't run faster and work out harder, who does it hurt? Me. It's my change. And so kids can get that if the teachers and the experts and the people are just honest enough to show it. But again, fictional characters, we don't Google, we don't look up their past, we don't say, oh, look, Happy Gilmore, drinking problem. You know, lots of girlfriends, <laughs> you know, we don't go and look at, you know. So what, what, we're, what I found was fictional characters are so much better as vehicles for these truths, for these principles. Yeah. And when I say truth, you know, I believe that facts are untrue because they're always in the past. And the world changes so fast that most facts are obsolete. So I'm into truth, and I really like what William James said, that truth is what works. So truth is like my my football coach in high school who said the human body is the only thing that gets better the more you use it. Right? So truly, that you know, you can't say, well, I'm from Minnesota. More push-ups don't make me stronger. That's not true. <laughs> the, the more anyone does, the start, right, it's the truth, right, because it always works. So, so when I say a truth, I say there are some fundamental truths, like people like Happy Gilmore will repeat history for 10 straight years until they shut up and start listening to and doing what Coach Chubbs, the golf pro, said. <laughs> <laughs> Got it? So, you know, and, 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 and last, last habit is, being, is what I, I call it on being unteachable, and it really is. It's listening not to learn, but listening just to respond, that you're so oh. anxious to tell what you've been through. And I saw it in shelters where the first thing those guys do is they don't go to the leadership and try to say, what should I do? They go to each other and say, man, I went through the same thing. Man, that bitch I married. Man, I, you know, they start talking about their pasts. And so what happens is well, by the time the experts come, they gang up against the expert. And so they never learn and hence repeat history. So we just wrote little antidotes to it. So the last one I'd love to leave you with is what do you do when you have the one homeless person and or, you know, someone who's hustling at the front of a grocery store, and I can pick one here. There's always, you know, one to three in front of this particular grocery store in Las Vegas. What do you do when, you confront, when you're confronted with someone begging? Do you give them stuff? Do you give them money? What do you do? And so since I've had this question posed, you know, several hundred times, let me just do the short form. The short form is you always start with no. 
agree. Mm-hmm. So you start you start with no. I know the the book Start with Why. You know Simon Sinek's book's a pretty good book, but this one is Start with No. Okay, and what it will do is the first line of defense with no is you will determine whether or not the homeless person legitimately has need or whether it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Okay, if legitimately they have need, they'll just say, okay, thank you. And now you have the prerogative to change your mind. Now they're workable. But after you say no, if they start to accuse you and blame you and say, oh, you effing rich bet, right? And they start to, right? Now you know it was a trap. Mm-hmm. And that person has undoubtedly has a whole list of things he's abusing or hiding under the radar for, and that person you know, needs a bigger intervention. So now yeah. I'll tell you one thing I did with this. I was walking to my, uh, it's a soup place, and I was having my alterations done for years and years, and I pull into this shopping center, and here comes the homeless guy with the spray bottle, and he says, hey, man, for a buck, can I do your windows? And I was so impressed that he wanted to earn it. And this is it's fantastic, except... If you and I, you guys look through this plastic bottle and the color of this water, it does not look like anything you want to touch your hands with, let alone spray on your car. So I said, look, because, again, remember, we're going to have to earn it. We have to get them to do something. So I said, look, look, I'm going into the shop for 20 minutes. I will pay you $5 if you don't touch my truck. <laughs> so, so sure, sure enough, you know, so I come back, I come back in 20 minutes, and the guy is standing guard like, Secret Service, you know, wow. and I, and so now, but guess what? Now we've had character change, right? Now we have someone that is now capable of working for a security firm. He's back in the game, yeah. okay? But before you can see, that character change can happen so fast. Yep. But but what we do is we delay it by satisfying all this outer stuff first. You know, Stephen Covey said, "Put first things first and yeah. Anyway, there are tons more. Um, I apologize. I have to run, and I did all of the talking. I, I'm so just, just I'm in all of the work you're doing, and I, and again, I hope we can work together to, to yeah. you know, quickly help all these you know heroic people solve these problems. Well, we didn't Absolutely. we didn't invite you on the show so we could talk at you. We wanted you on so we could get, pick your brain, you know. <laughs> yeah, and I'll tell you, this is a. It's I don't know about you, Zero, but this is kind of just been the appetizer for me. Now I want to hear more. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, thinking I'm going to have to take I, a trip would, down to Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, really, really. And we'd love to work with you, man. So if you're interested, definitely. Well, you just you just tell me where you are, and it'd be fun then to go where you're at, gather oh, all yeah. the homeless, and turn them around. Well, uh, you have San Francisco and, and, and New York City right here on the line with you. Exactly. All right, well, let's, so um, let's, let's, begin, let's begin working that out. Right. Sounds great, and we we appreciate you being out here. Like you said, we know you've got your you've got your party to go to that your friends are throwing for you that you're not supposed to know about. Yeah. But uh, I think that's that's <laughs> really, <laughs> I didn't say anything. Um, but we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do that, and and wish you a happy birthday weekend, and uh, um, have a great time. And uh, we'll be bringing you back. We can already tell. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Well, so thank you uh, thank very you. much. Thank you all for so much. And again, what the work you're doing is at least as important as the work I'm doing, and at least as important as the business owner that's doing this, that, and the other. And and again, it's an yep. ecosystem where everyone plays a role. And and I just um, I'm I'm excited about the uh, real life adventures. So <laughs> talk to you yep. soon. Thank you so much. Fantastic. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye. Did you hear what he said? He said the real life Avengers. Didn't I just say something about that? Oh my gosh! Exactly. You know what? <laughs> you yeah, are feel, correct, sir. With all your working out and stuff today, doesn't that feel awesome? Doesn't it feel like someone oh, just yeah. called you real life Avengers? <laughs> Love yeah. it. Yeah. You, he's, he's, you know what? You must chill. <laughs> right, he's got a. He makes me a uh, really think rethink this just handed because you know we did another big huge food handout yesterday, so I'm, I'm rethinking. Yeah. Yeah. What are we teaching no, no, these guys? I, I, do I don't. So. I don't think it's it's necessarily. Uh, it's it's again, it's a band aid. It's it's just like um, it's really right. just like the, the the crime patrols, and a, lot, a few other things that we do. But the thing is, the initiative has always known from the very beginning when we first moved here in New York. We've always known that it was going to be something more than the band aid. It was going to be something more than just you know, doing crime patrols and and. Uh, doing food handouts. We knew that we had to enter into the community. We knew that we had to 
be tribal leaders and bring people together to solve this problem. See, Tiger said something really, really poignant that I was trying to say something about, but I really did not want to interrupt him at all because he, he was on a great role. Um, right. He said, we, we have to find the people that can do this. We have to figure, we have to go out and we have to look for the people that know how to do this because if we don't, we have to find someone who can. That is exactly, that is the most accurate description of what the initiative is, is that we're not trying to say we're the best. We're trying to say we're keeping our ears open, and that's why we succeed. The initiative succeeds because we have our ears open, we have our, our, our hearts open, we have our eyes open. We're looking for the people that can solve the problem. If we just say exactly. we're the best, we're we're always going to be slapping band-aids on shit. Always, always. We have to. We have to. Yeah. And I, that's why we yeah. have such high standards is because we know that we can't just accept anybody. Because if we just accept anybody, they're going to be feeding off what we know. And while it's cool to teach them what we know, we need to find the people that know more than we do. We need to find the leaders that are, that have, have more of a following than we do. Because then we need to share information. And when you have, say you have, uh, that's why I, I think it's so great that that me and Doc Adventure and Spider and DG are all on the same team because we, all four of us have our own following to begin with. Like Doc's got his, you know, he's been on AMC a couple times, a couple shows. Spider's got his whole his video game following and parkour and, you know, that is a whole fitness thing involved in that as well as teaching kids, you know, after school in my neighborhood, which is Bedside. You get DGs and his song. It's like suddenly DGs martial arts, you know, superhero following is is really interested in the whole parkour thing. You know what I mean? Because of the guy on our team, suddenly the people that are interested in Doc's, you know, armor building and like you know saving the universe because he's a he's a an ancient uh, angel god or some some such stuff um, <laughs> is is suddenly interested in the initiative's work. So it's Again, it's tribal leaders, man. We we keep combining tribes. Eventually, there's going to be one really badass, really prepared, really aware tribe, and that's going to be everybody. Right, right. I I like that. You're right. You hit it on the head when you know the whole what you guys have got going on. It just falls in line with his, um, you know how people he was saying learning um, horizontally, only learning from each other instead of looking to the people who know how to do this. To learn how to yeah. do this, yeah, yeah I, he's got he's, he's got so much that I'm I'm glad we're gonna find a way to work with him because uh, yep. he's got it down and this can translate to so much going on in the initiative right now. You know, we've we've got the same ideas, do something differently. You know, yeah. than yeah. what what's yeah. already being done because what, what's already being done isn't working. No, so, no. you know, we're instead of people, people, but you know, we're not we're not changing things yet. We're not changing. We're, yeah, we're we're learning how. We're learning how right now, and we're learning yeah. from the people who are just like Tiger, from the people who are actually changing things. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm pretty excited about the way you know this group's going. And speaking of the way it's going, um, we've got oh, really quickly, we're going to do a contest sound because we are doing that. We're we're going to do this last sound. It's last week. We're going to do the same sound, and if people don't get it. <laughs> no one's got it yet. Uh, we'll go ahead and do that really quick. Dear God, what is that thing? That's the game show. <laughs> okay. If anybody knows that, they can call in right now. Uh, and the number is 347-327-9350. And the prize is you get to pick... Uh, a line of text for uh, zero to read. <laughs> for zero, I'm saying zero. Screw you. Zero or me. <laughs> so, um, but speaking of changing things and and doing things differently, uh, we've got DG on the line right now. Dark Guardian. What's going on, guys? Alright, I'm I'm out of breath. <laughs> I'm actually vaulting midair right now as I speak to you. Uh, I'm training in the park. I'm calling because we need to take zero away. We need to steal him away for team training. Um, you know, I, it's my first time on the show. I've been waiting to be brought on as a special guest, by the way. I've just been waiting. Um, well, that was subtle. Will. I think we caught that hint. So, yeah, we'll be bringing you on. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what, DG, you pick the topic, and we're all about it. All right. 
But uh, <laughs> just giving a quick call. I love you guys. We're going to all change the world together. Zero, get your yeah. butt down here. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Sir right, Cardi. We'll talk to all you right. soon. Bye. Zero, do you want to? Let our listeners who don't know who Dark Guardian is, uh, let them know a little bit about him and what he's been on. Oh yeah, uh, DG is um, he's an ROC, he's a real life superhero uh, involved in that community. Uh, we first we've known each other for years, like uh, like six years now, like since the since the community was like not really well known. Uh, we've we uh, we're now um, we're doing stuff together. He's been in and out of the initiative. He, he's really. Uh, He's a, he's a good he's a good lone wolf. He's been working on his own for years. He's got his own following. Um, he, again, he does everything that we do. Uh, he's also a martial arts trainer. Uh, he uh, we are actually planning to open a school, at, which I thought I, when I first heard Hero School from Tiger Todd, I was like, whoa, is this going to be? And then I, I heard what it was. I was like, no, it's actually not really even close <laughs> to what we're, we're trying to do. Um, yeah, basically, DG is, is a badass with a heart of gold. That's Pretty much, yeah. You know. And he's um, been on. Uh, he just recently was on, along with you guys, um, on the Discovery 3D channel, Discovery Sony IMAX 3D uh, channels. Yeah. Uh, 3D TV show. I mean, and if people know who we are, if people know who, who the initiative is from our from our media and stuff, they know who DG is because he's he's been in every piece of media that we've been in, like everything we've done, he's been in. Literally, with okay. every single piece. And if you guys um, want to know how to find that, uh, we'll we'll link it. We'll let you see. Yeah. You know, half. Oh, yeah. Just look for our pages on Facebook and or here on Tribe yeah. Radio, and we'll can get those links. Really and good. If you look up, you guys. Yeah, look up Dark Guardian on Facebook. Uh, he's got he's got his own fan page, and he's got like just crazy stuff going on there. You know, but they're out there waiting to kick my ass right now. We got Spider out there. <laughs> we got. Oh, we got two new members. Shut up, fool! Just signed on. Uh, Afame, which is DG's uh, lady, who is a badass. Like, she, you know, she trains regularly with DG, and he, even he says that she's a badass. And I'm about to go find out what it's like, you know, to get my ass beat by, by a woman, which is, you know, awesome. Yeah, you got, um, you got that parkour guy there, that Jeremy yep, Spider. Yeah, oh, yeah. We got Spider. We got Spider out there. He's jumping around. Shows us at well, he when he called me parkour last week. Uh, we did it for about four hours for my first time, and I thought I was like Good you know walk, all, all right? tough and, I thought I was all tough and shit afterwards. My legs were a little bit weak. The next day I wake <laughs> up and I can't move my legs. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. There's for, the, oh for the last, man. Yeah. For the last week, I, I was barely able to climb stairs for the first two days. <laughs> and I gotta do like all night at my job, but we also have a new guy named uh, Spectre. Spectre looks like a Viking. Um, <laughs> he, he's really freaking friendly, but like he walked up at first, and I was like, "Okay, do I have to defend my life now?" No. <laughs> he looks like he should be carrying a battle axe. He's like this. Uh, or or dude. the the Thor of hammer. A, I mean, the hammer of Thor. Yeah, he's a, he's a British dude. <laughs> He's got like a he's a ginger. He's got you know uh, blonde hair, red beard. He wears a long black uh, distressed trench coat, so it looks like he's been in a few. Um, I come to learn he's like he's like been a competitive kickboxer. He's he's done a lot of different styles. He's all these guys. Every single person on the team is like a total badass. It's pretty cool. I'm about to go get my ass kicked by every single one of them, and then kick my own ass in parkour again because I I can't stop learning that. There's so much cool stuff. There's a one move uh, it's called a Kong. It's called, called a what? It's called a Kong, like Donkey Kong. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. Where where you basically like you know hit with your hands, lift your feet up, and kick out like a like Donkey Kong. But, right. Um, it's such a badass move. I've been told it's not the most efficient move as far as movement, uh, but it's it's so badass that I just I need to do it. I, I have to do it. <laughs> that's oh, just spider dude. He's amazing. He makes me want to fly, that spider guy. He really does. Well, like Wherever he goes, like when we walk around, today we were walking around, you know, walking to the park and cleaning it up. Um, wherever he goes, he jumps, climbs, flips. Like he'll jump up on a railing, like on a, on a fence, and he'll walk the whole railing. Or he'll get down like a spider and like shimmy the railing. 
and then he'll get to the end of the railing and just do a flip. He'll just flip off the end of it, like, naturally. Like, that's how he moves. <laughs> like, His name is perfect for him. I mean, think about yeah, it. I've yeah. seen his video. It's, it's yeah, insane. I was, I was saying today, as he walked, I was like, I always kind of secretly wished for uh, an initiative member that would that would spontaneously entertain me as we walked. And that's <laughs> that's kind of what he did. <laughs> Because I'm just like, I guess I'll watch this awesome shit as I walk, which is what I and I imagine ninjas are all over the place anyway. So it's right, like right. Oh, so speaking of ninja, he's trying out for the American Ninja Warrior. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, he's going to yeah. make it, too. Like, every, if he, yeah, if, if he watches... It'd be stupid they, not to get him, you know? Oh, yeah. It'd be stupid. Yeah. Wow. That is awesome. video, it's, it's, uh, it's about eight minutes of just like, holy shit. Like he came from kind of a rough background. I mean, we all, everybody in the initiative, as far as I know, uh, I know DG came from a rough background. I did. You know, Lucid originally did. Zach definitely did. Um, we've all been kind of screwed up, but, I mean, he was he was abandoned when he was a kid. He was like an orphan. He was taken in by a really great family. And then he just kind of, like, busted his ass, you know, because he went through a lot of crap. He had some depression from the orphan, of being an orphan, and, you know, some yeah, emotional trauma. Yeah. Um, but he, he, and he his outlet turned it around. Right. Yeah, his out his outlet was being a, a, a gymnastic badass basically, and I was like, that's my outlet was art, <laughs> you know. Like, I can't yeah, really yeah, yeah. In, in that vein, I'm just like, holy shit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just 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 watching this guy, I'm I'm, I'm inspired. I mean, there was we had a tough time with the initiative for a while because a lot of our guys got burned out. We did so much for a while there, but. It seems like uh, he's like he's our albatross, and I'm definitely not going to be hanging around my neck, you know. Right. If anybody gets that reference, it's kind of scary. Sorry. Well, I know they want to steal you away to go do your training, so we're cutting the show short by half an hour, everybody. Yeah. Um, which is cool because you know what it's it's like we're flexible like that. We can make it go longer if we want to. Um, we always tell you first, but we can make it go shorter too. And we're going to go shorter today because that's what she said. But I tell you what, next week we're going to have a, a ninety-minute show again. Thank you, Nightbug. So nobody got that that sound. You know what we're going to do? We're going to change the sound next week, make it a little easier. So, uh, Zero, do you know what that sound is? I know what it is. Do you? Okay, you want to go ahead and tell people what it is since it's, we're not going to use that sound ever again? It's the alien busting out of your chest. That's what that is. But, but from which alien movie? I don't know. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> you are so weak. Thanks, I'm not that's just pieces. <laughs> it's from the original. No, he's got it. It's a chest thing. I saw I saw Alien Resurrection and I thought that was one of the most badass movies I've ever seen. Did you? See, so you did see an alien movie, so shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well look, it's uh it's seven it's, it's almost seven o'clock here, so it's gotta be close to ten over there, right? You guys yeah, are I get- I so, gotta go get my ass now. Actually, we're supposed okay. to, we're going to do we're going to do training and then we're doing a patrol. With you guys, so we're gonna break him in over here. Fantastic! You guys be safe. Um, yep. You know, it's a and, Sunday and, night. Uh, that's nice. It can't be that bad. Yeah. Oh man, don't have to say it like that. See, I had to knock on wood for you. I don't want anybody getting hurt out there. But you guys are smart. You guys are aware. I, you'll be fine. No, we're I, good. I have we're good. The way that we do yeah. it, we don't escalate, we don't jump into stuff, we don't like bring the the level up. And I've I've already informed the uh, few of the people that are with us that um, if stuff happens, we do have uh, tactics, and we're about to go practice them right now. We do have uh, invasion tactics and certain things that we do, but, which I'm not really going to share here, obviously. But uh, we got this. Okay, good. Then you go do that. It's seven o'clock. We're going to call the show right here, everybody. So. Um, Check back with us for next week because it's going to be back to a 90-minute show. Um, and tell your friends about us because we got lots of good information. We put this show together for you guys. So if you're not yep. learning something, you're not listening. So let other yep. people listen in by sharing it. Um, Zero, you want to take this out? You want to take everybody uh, out? <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody have a good night. I'm going to go get some pain now. So I love you. 
And don't forget to get milk and eggs at the store. Um, <laughs> trying to think what else. You, we could do some ice cream, too, if you guys want. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> this is the last time we have you in the All right. Can you play us out, Bug? Because we yeah. are done. Have a good day. I love you. I love you so much. I love much. you too, everybody. Okay. I love you, but... But, uh... Yeah. Dude, shut up. Oh. What? Oh, can you hear me now? Shut up. Yeah, I can hear you. Get up. <laughs> there you go. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.